Welcome to the Peace Church Life Change Podcast. Peace Church exists to glorify God and make disciples by helping everyday people experience life change through Christ-centered relationships. Thank you for joining us today on our podcast as we celebrate life change through the ministries of Peace Church. Welcome back to the uh, Peace Church Life Change Podcast. My name is Brad Perry. I am the mobilization pastor here at Peace Church. And uh, a question I often get is, what exactly does a mobilization pastor do? Uh, Well, part of my role is missions, and I get to connect with our missionaries that are all around the world. And so today we are bringing on Doug Rogers. Uh, He is one of our missionaries. He was sent out of Peace Church back in 2013, and he started indigenous church planting. So Doug, first off, man, welcome to the podcast. Thank Thank you you so much for Yeah, man. Thanks for taking out some of your time to uh, devote to us. So just real quick, man, a lot of people, obviously you were on staff here. There's a lot of people in this church that know you, but you know, it's been since 2013 since you were here. So we've had a lot of new people come in. So especially for those new people uh, who are at peace, maybe in the last five, six years, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, your background and a little bit about your family so we could get to know you a little better? Absolutely. Um, well, I was raised in the mission field, a missionary kid, uh, literally was born into a missionary family, and my parents had come out to the border to have me and then took me back in. So all I ever knew growing up was uh, missions and living in Latin America. Spanish is my first language. Um, so 34 years of my life have been lived in Latin America. Um, just very, very interesting thing. Married my wife, who is a PK, preacher's kid. Um, we were married in 1999, and her and I went back to the mission field and planted three churches in 10 years, and then we would eventually come out and join the staff at Peace Church in 2008, 2009, uh, and we there with you all until we went out again uh, to plant churches. Have three children. Josh, he's starting his second year of college. Um, Josie is in high school, and then Benjamin is in middle school. He's 12. And uh, that's, that's really the skinny on our family. Very interesting life growing up on the mission field and just excited that we're able to use those gifts even now. Man, that's awesome. And you're making a lot of us feel really old knowing that Josh is in college now. Second uh, we remember year. young yeah. Josh coming here. Jeez. <laughs> um, well, man, what led you to start Indigenous Church Planting? Well, Jane and I both uh, started feeling God uh, really leading us to go back into missions because, number one, both her and I are fluent in Spanish. Mm-hmm. Number two, there was a great need in Latin America to see churches planted. Um, when God called us back in to the mission, into missions or to the mission field, there was something we wanted to do a little, little bit different. And it's not to say that what we were doing before was wrong, right. but the way we looked at it is we saw two different models of church planting. The first model, which we were heavily involved in the first time we were on the mission field, was a model where the missionary raises support, goes to the mission field, goes to a certain area, starts a church, and basically stays, stays there till he dies or till he comes back to the States. The second model is more of a movement, church planting movement versus just a church plant. And we knew that God would have us do something that would be even greater than not just Mexico, but also be able to reach into Peru, into Guatemala, into El Salvador, into Belize, and multiple Latin countries. And so our focus was different. This time going back, we weren't focused on just identifying one area that needed a church plant 
and starting a church, but we were, we were more focused on pouring our lives into men and women who God would call into ministry and training them up, them up and planting the church really in the background so that the transition of turning the church over wouldn't be so difficult. Mm -hmm. And we found that to be the case before in the old model. And so instead of planning a church, God has led us to plan a movement of mm -hmm. church planters, very different uh, for us. Yeah. So um, just give us a little overview. So what is the mission? What's the vision of indigenous church planting? Well, our, our mission is very much like you all's, and I'm sure there'll be some people who speak Spanish that will be listening to this, but in Spanish, we say, existimos para glorificar a Dios al ayudar a América Latina a experimentar un cambio de vida a través de relaciones centradas en Cristo. Now, what does that mean? That basically just means, sorry, my phone's going off here. You're killing me, Doug. Sorry. Uh, basically, what that means is we exist to glorify God by helping Latin America experience life change through Christ-centered relationships. And we have that mission that you all have there. Yeah, that, that, about to say, that sounds very familiar. Yep. I love it. Um, now, obviously, it's in your name. You touched on it before. Um, why is it so important to use indigenous people to plant these churches? Well, our whole idea of indigenous people was they already knew the culture. Uh, they already know the language, and they know what it takes to reach their people in that area. Especially in that area, when, whenever we plan an indigenous church, when people see one of their own come to Christ and experience life change, they see that transformation because they knew this person, mm -hmm. and they see what Christ can do. And so our whole idea was we wanted our vision to be to plant self-sustaining. That means that there's not a dime that we pay. We ask churches to pay nothing. Uh, we, we say, please don't give us a dime for church planting. The only support we had to raise was our own to be able to live and go. But yeah. as far as the church planting part, it's self-sustaining, run by indigenous people that multiply. In other words, not only do they receive Christ and grow spiritually and plant churches, but we encourage them to go out and do the same and see that movement continue. Yeah. Um, for those that want to know more about indigenous church planting, do you have a website or a place where they could just connect to see what, um, what's going on? We had a website and we're getting ready to put that back up. We had to take it down for a while just because we were experiencing unbelievable uh, safety challenges. In fact, okay. we had to kind of go silent even on Facebook mm -hmm. um, just because we were targeted. So we will have that back up pretty soon. Um, mm -hmm. We'll probably put it on our Facebook and Instagram platform. Uh, very okay. soon. Awesome. Um, I know a big piece, like you said, you're wanting to start a movement. And a big piece of what you guys do uh, with ICP is you have training centers. So yes. could you just tell us a little bit about like, what goes on in those training centers and how you are um, raising up church planners? How many yes. people do you currently have going through the training? How many training centers do you have? Like, just give us an update on those. Right now, we have 22 training centers. Lord wow. willing, we'll be opening two more this year. They're spread across five countries. Soon, we're praying to be six countries. Um, we have 430 students that are training right now. And when we say training, we split them up in groups of six couples. So whenever we send out a church plant team, it consists of six couples, and they're able to go to an area and just really, really build relationships um, your typical profile of a church planter is they're bivocational, which means that they support themselves. They're mm -hmm. either themselves and their wives both work. 
Um, they're plugged into a local church when they're assisting the training center. They're in one of our church plants because we put all our training centers in our local churches we've planted so that that pastor can, you know, I know Chris Truett loves this saying, organically train uh, these, these pastors. He loves but that, we, yeah. we plug them into local church tr- uh, training center. And it takes about two and a half to three years training where they grow and understand their identity in Christ. Um, they get hands-on experience in ministry. And the main thing is this. This is the, the most awesome thing. Latin Americans, per se, are very relational. You know this. You've been. Mm-hmm. You've seen it. But where the weakness is, we found, is they are not intentionally relational, which means that while they love everybody and they like everybody and they have fun, when it comes to intentionality, that's where it kind of gets weak. And so we try to teach them in the training center not only the Word of God, but how to have a relationship with the God of the word. And then also how to translate that into relationships that are intentional mm-hmm. where yes, we meet people, but what is our ultimate goal to be able to uh, win them with the gospel of Jesus Christ and be able to help them grow spiritually to go do the same. Yeah, dude, that is like almost identical to one of the issues we see in Romania. It's the yeah. same thing. We're trying to, you know, push them to community and we are to biblical community yeah. And, and they're going, man, this is just so hard. And I'm like, dude, you guys are already so relational. Absolutely. It's just being more intentional with that time. I mean, you're already coming together. It's just really focusing and being, you know, intentional with that time. Kind of strange that, we're seeing the same thing. You also have the fear factor. That's a big thing because you have to remember yeah. most of their family members and friends are of a different religion. Mm-hmm. And so that fear oh, yeah. factor of approaching and being isolated is, is a very real thing. Yeah. Um, real quick, man, just kind of speak, what are some of the obstacles or even struggles that some of your ICP church planners face and go through? Well, I can think of a few. Um, the first one is obviously they're bivocational and that's Mm -hmm. a challenge trying to, uh, balance work, learning, uh, serving ministry and doing all that. And then also having time together. Um, the second, one I see is the persecution that they receive from family members, mainly from leaving Catholicism, um, is a really, really big uh, persecution as far as leaving the family faith, as they would say. That mm-hmm. becomes a huge challenge. Challenge uh, balancing work, ministry, uh, safety challenges. That's a huge one. Where a lot of them. Uh, in fact, we had one guy show up at one of our trainings. It was it was just amazing. He shows up and he's sitting in our training. And we're kind of sharing testimony before before we began, right? Mm-hmm. And we're going through, and everybody says, well, thank God I was able to make it. Man, I was sick last week. And this guy raises his hand. He says, well, yesterday I was uh, uh, doused in gasoline in my village and lit on fire. And wow. uh, they lit me on fire. But thank God I wasn't you know, hurt too bad, but I'm here, and I was able to make it. I just can't wait to learn. Wow. That room just went silent. I bet. And I think those are the challenges that they face is mm-hmm. persecution from the elders of their village, from the wow. leaders. So that's really something we in America, we, we, we hear stories like that, but honestly, man, we, we can't comprehend. Oh, it's incredible. What they're and, going through. And so close to us. I mean, thinking it's so yeah. close to America. Um, it's uh, and unbelievable what they're going through. Mm. Well, you know, that, that's some of the struggles, challenges, man. what are some of the successes? I mean, you, you mentioned it before, there's 22, currently 22 training centers in five countries, and you said you were hoping to start two more training centers yes. in another country to be six. And to think that this ministry, this movement is only six years old, really? 
yeah. and we've already, I mean, seeing that much growth. So there's, I'm sure you've got obviously a ton of just success stories of how God's working. Man, can you just share one, two, maybe just success stories of how God's using uh, ICP as a as a movement to plant churches? Well, we've seen uh, 34 churches planted. We're praying that God will allow us to plant four new ones this year. Um, we've seen over 13,000 people give their hearts to Christ through the outreaches uh, of those 13,000. Many of them are in areas where we have not yet planted a church, so we're trying to open small groups uh, throughout these areas. We can't get a church immediately, but we can get one couple opening their home in that area and starting to build relationships that way. Mm. So of the 13,000 we've seen come to Christ, we, we have roughly about 8,000 that are attending one of the church plants or small wow. groups right now. Um, and neat story. I, I've got to tell you this real quick. One of the guys that, uh, that received Christ was going to one of the training centers because we automatically think villages. And this guy owns a car dealership, a mm. Nissan car dealership in a, in a big city. And uh, one of the train, one of the uh, students had gone to his uh, dealership to purchase a car because he wanted to have a cab to be able to work by vocationally. And he started sharing the gospel with them. They they went out for coffee. They started uh, developing a relationship. The guy receives Christ. Okay, starts attending the small group. Fast forward, he is now in one of the training centers. Okay, wow. and he is giving vehicles to the church planters to be able to bivocationally support themselves and has created jobs for them to do this because he figures God's allowed him to make money. He's going to use his job to be able to reach more people with the gospel. So in a, about two years, when the car wears out, he swaps it out, he sells it, he makes his money, but he's continuing to provide that. I mean, just, it's unbelievable what yeah. God is doing using people like that. Man, that, yeah, that's just incredible. And, you know, I hear you, you just kind of rattle off these numbers and it's like, you can quickly go, but uh, just for people like me, did you say 13,000? 13, 13,000. That's just like, it's crazy in to, to fathom um, the gospel going forth like that. Um, man, and it really, again, I want to reiterate, uh, indigenous church planning didn't start until 2013. And like I said, it's not just 13,000. I'm raising my hand. I prayed the prayer. No, no, no. You know, they're, they're plugged in to one of these 30, how many? 34? 34 churches. 34 churches that have been planted uh, all throughout Latin America. It's unbelievable. Something that might help people understand too, Brad, is we have various veins of outreach. We do medical clinics. Yeah. My wife, Jaina, oversees that. Well, we'll have, we'll treat 500 people in a three-day period. We'll have them come in, they go through triage, and then immediately before they're seen by a doctor, they go to a counseling session where we share the gospel with them. And we ask them, is this something you might be interested in? When we leave that medical clinic area, that week we have services where somebody can come together and start meeting with these people. Yeah. And we'll see in a, in a medical clinic, 100, 130 people come to Christ out of the 500. And so we have various veins. We do prayer walks. We do youth camps. We do sports outreach. We do medical clinics. And so all kinds of different outreaches. And that's why we've been able to see the gospel spread. So, so, yeah. so hey, and, and on that note, currently here, we are uh, recruiting a team to go down to serve in Mexico with us yes. uh, in April. So can you just enlighten us a little bit, like what's that team going to be doing on that mission trip? 
Absolutely. We have, we're going to be in a city that has just exploded in growth. It's gone from 3 million people to 3 million 500 just in the last six years, roughly. So we have four new suburbs that we need to get canvassed and we want to start a small group in the suburb. Now, when I say suburb, they have 30,000 people in one suburb. Mm. And so we're trying to get a church planted in that suburb. So we need help people to come and join the team. You say, well, I prefer to just give. Why, why would I go? You don't understand. When you come, it sets us ahead about six months because people mm. are attracted to Americans. They just love uh, walking up to them and just hearing them speak English. And so it's a really neat thing. So we need all the help we can get. That's what we'll be doing. We'll be also visiting some of our church plants and then making connections with people who are in the training center and just building relationships. Yeah, that's awesome. So if you're attending uh, Peace Church, you're hearing about this trip coming up. If you've got question about, questions about it, just ask me. Uh, you can yes. email me, Brad, at peacechurchwilson.com. I can connect you with a couple, Brian and Shelly Holder. They're the ones that are uh, leading this trip. So it's a great opportunity for you to go down and just see uh, what's going on with uh, indigenous church planting? Um, moving on, man, what's, what's a life change story um, that you can share with us? I know you talked about persecution, safety, so I know you can't use names and locations and things like that. So, but could you just give us a life change story from uh, indigenous church planting? I don't know if you have time, but I, I'm going to share real quick two of them. The first yeah. one is a, uh, some of the people of peace were with us when this life change story took place. We were doing a prayer walk. We came across a, a house where a lady and her son were leaving, and we said, hey, we're just in the neighborhood praying. Is there anything we can help you pray about? And she said, as a matter of fact, my son just had a motorcycle accident, um, and we're headed out. We said, look, just let us pray with you real quick. And we prayed, and while we're praying, we, we talk about how Jesus Christ died on the cross and mm-hmm. that he would like to, to just really transform their lives. Their, her husband was in a wall behind us, there was a little window, and it's a shower. He was bathing. You could see his little tiny window at the top. He turns the water off, and he's listening. And so that night, her, the lady and her son would come to church. The, the son who had the, the accident was okay. They would both receive Christ, and they would start attending. A month later, the husband comes. He mm-hmm. receives Christ. Now that couple is finishing the training center to be church planters. Wow. And that's just from a prayer walk. Just from a prayer walk. That, that God did that. Another yeah. story. Um, God allowed us to open this year two um, kind of uh, addiction programs in two of our church plants. Mm-hmm. We're seeing young men who are probably the ages 14 to 18 who are coming to Christ and their lives are being transformed. And some of their stories are so grueling. You probably couldn't stomach it, mm. what God has done. And so we're seeing God do some amazing things. And I hope one day we can just go in and just sit through and just talk about all these things. But just an amazing thing to see lives transformed. Yeah. Man, as, as we wrap up our time here, um, there's a lot of people here that pray for you. A lot of people yeah. that pray for Thank your you so church much. planners and your, your training centers. Um, so how can we specifically be praying for you and praying for indigenous church planting? Well, Brad, uh, please continue to pray for our family. Obviously, a lot of people ask, how do you all do this? Well, Mm. listen, when God put my wife and I together, he allowed me, an outgoing guy, to marry an introvert. And so whenever I travel or whenever we have to travel, 
my wife actually really enjoys her quiet time and alone time. But it works really good. But just pray for my family. Pray as our kids are growing up that we would be able to balance everything mm -hmm. that's going on. Obviously, we have a team now of Indigenous Church planning, so I don't do it all. Um, pray for that. Pray for protection. We've had some challenging things take place that I, I can't really share uh, online, but we've had some challenging close calls. And so as a family, we pray for that. We're not going to stop. Uh, our call is to be dangerous for Christ. We're not going to let that back us up. Continue to pray for funding as God continues to provide. And then this weekend, in fact, I get on a plane tomorrow, we're going to be uh, recruiting new church planners and doing interviews with some that want to join the training centers, kind of triaging wow. that and going through that. Yeah. Be in prayer for that. We've got some amazing uh, couples that want to join the team. And so uh, keep praying for that. Awesome, man. Uh, Doug, thank you for your time, man. But before we get out of here, an aspect yes. of our podcast is we like to just throw out some personal rapid fire questions just oh, to great. get to know you. Exactly. You don't know what's coming. <laughs> just to get to know you a little bit better. We like to have a little bit okay. of fun with this. So just out of curiosity, what do you eat for breakfast today? For breakfast, I had uh, eggs and beans. Eggs and beans. Beans okay. mixed together. The best thing you could ever eat. You know, I, I had that before. We were actually in Romania and we were at a restaurant and it said English breakfast. So I was like, well, I speak English. So give me the English breakfast. And they brought out the eggs and all, and then there's like baked beans. And I'm like, oh yeah, hold on a second. What is this? But it, I, I agree with you. It was very good. All yep. right. So other than the job you have, what job do you think you'd be really good at? Oh man. Um, know. I've never even thought about that. Uh, uh, translator? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I think he'd be a pretty good translator. Uh, a, a salesman? I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you, you would kill it as a used car salesman. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Why can't it be a new car salesman? I really appreciate that. I don't know. It just, it just popped in my head. <laughs> what book, other than the Bible, uh, what book has most impacted your life? Um, Francis Chan's book on multiply. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's something yeah, that you're afraid of? Yeah, yeah, something, multiply. Yeah. Incredible, yeah. yes. Uh, what's something you're afraid of? Believe it or not, I am afraid uh, of flying. What? Yes. And how often Doesn't do you God fly? have a sense of humor? I know, right? Constantly. Yeah. We, yeah, I am <laughs> Like two or three times so, a month you're on a plane. Yeah, so I'm afraid of flying, yep. Wow. <laughs> All right. Because I'm short. Uh, so. If you had to change your name, what would you change it to? Um, Pepe? I'm kidding. Pepe. No. no. <laughs> Did you uh, say uh, Pe Bill? Peppa Pig? <laughs> Bill? Because everybody misspells Doug. <laughs> really? Yes. They spell it D-U-G. Okay. Um, yeah. D-O-G. So I think maybe Bill or something. You're my, you're, you're my D-O-G. That's right. <laughs> All right. Uh, Marvel or DC? Marvel. Good answer. I would have cut totally. this thing off if you said DC. No. Yeah, totally uh, Marvel. If you just have free time, what yeah. are you binge watching on Netflix? Um, d -d 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 Monk. Okay. Um, Love the Middle. Uh-huh. And Psych. Okay. Well, I think we've watched that through like four times. Really? Yes. That's like me with The Office. I think I've watched it through 10 times. I don't know. Yes. Um, 
What is the fastest speed you've ever driven? 110. Where were you? Mexico. Okay. <laughs> were, you, were you running for your life? On the road, on the road, <laughs> on the road between Jalapa and Veracruz. All right. My dad was with me. Oh, wow. Yeah. How old were you? I was 34. Okay. Uh, a couple more questions. I know you like coffee a yes. lot. Tons. So, with an Australian accent, tell me how you like your coffee. I don't know how to do an Australian <laughs> Come on, man. With an um, Australian accent, tell me how you like your coffee. With, with cream and, um, and sugar. No? That's, <laughs> That's, that <beautiful>. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff right there. All right, man. I told you don't know what's coming. All right, last question. This could be kind of serious. Y'all sit in staff and think about these. How can we? I really don't. I just Googled good personal rapid fire questions and I saw this one. Uh, I I thought you'd do a good job with it, but uh, you didn't. Uh, No, I killed it. No, no, you kidding. If you could ask God one question, what would it be? Why did you make me so short? I'm kidding. No, it wouldn't be that. (laughs) Um, If I could ask God one question, what would it be? I don't know. Um, I, I don't know. That's a good question. I think I'd ask him, did Adam have a belly button or not? Because yeah. I've always wanted that. Maybe about the arc? I don't know. I haven't really thought yeah. that one through. I got you. I, was, I, I, I stumped them, stumped them on the last one. I grew up in the age where you don't ask questions. You know, it's like, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's maybe right. I'm traumatized. Maybe, maybe so. Well, Doug, man, thank you so much for your thank time. Thank you, Brad. Man, we, we, it's always great to catch up with you. Always good to hear about what's going on through Indigenous church planting, and it's just so exciting. I'm still blown away when you just throw out those numbers, 13,000 uh, believers, uh, 34 churches, 22 training centers in five different countries, hopefully two more training centers opening up in one more country uh, this next year. So, Man, there's a whole lot to celebrate, a whole lot of life change that we can be celebrating here at Peace Church and how God's using you. Um, you gave us some great things to just remember in prayer. And uh, we want to be also just in prayer for our mission team that we're building up to go yes. uh, down there and serve with you uh, this coming up April. So, Doug, again, thanks a lot. Thank you, Brad. We appreciate Thank you, you. Peace Church for just everything y'all do to, to reach the world. Awesome, man. Um, but it's a joy to partner with, with missionaries and people like you, um, join us, uh, in two weeks, we will be talking to, uh, Carl Bradshaw. He is our family ministries pastor of children. So he's going to be giving us just an update on what's going on with our kingdom kids ministry. Uh, some really exciting things as they're making a focus on, uh, discipling children. How do they begin teaching a, a child to become a self feeder? How do they, uh, begin to teach a child how they can grow in their faith and, and how that's a family thing, how the family can come together to actually disciple your children. I think it's going to be awesome. Uh, Carl's going to be sharing that with us and giving us an update on that. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We will see you in two weeks. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Peace Church Life Change Podcast. We hope that you were challenged and encouraged as you listened today. Until next time, Peace Church, you are sent. Let's go make disciples.